0: Do you think your dog might benefit from a little extra fitness? Maybe you want to tighten those left turns in agility or tighten their box turn in flyball. Or maybe they're just a bit clumsy and you need a little more body awareness. Welcome to the Canine Fitness Fanatics podcast with your host Hannah Johnson. Join us as we talk dog fitness and other areas of canine health too. Our mission is to help condition dogs to reduce the risk of injury and increase longevity Whether that's in sporting dogs, working dogs, or pet dogs, all dogs can benefit from a little extra fitness. Hey, fitness fanatics! So, today we're going to be talking about poor targets. Now, when I say poor targets throughout this talk, I'm referring to the behaviour of dogs understanding poor targeting. So being able to place their paw on an object. Now, I'm sure you can all appreciate that it's a useful skill in canine conditioning. But let's dive a little deeper into the subject and find out exactly why. So first off, what is the behaviour of targeting? Targeting usually refers to the behaviour of a dog placing a specific body part or all of their body on an object. Examples of this are sending your dog to a bed or place board, nose to hand touch or give paw to your hand etc. All of these skills require a dog to place part of their body onto a specific object or in a certain area. Does your dog have a cue for different body areas? So let's break this one down a little bit and when I say this what I mean is do they actually have separate cues for these for, the, for these following targets? So can they specifically target all four paws onto an object? Do they have an individual cue for this? Do they have a cue for both front paws onto an object? So both their front paws are on the object, but actually their back paws are on the ground. And then can they do both of their back paws onto an object? So their front paws are on the ground. Can, do they maybe have a cue for their right front paw on its own? Left front paw on its own or right or left back on their own individual paws. So, do they actually have a cue for each individual foot as well? So, this is actually something we recommend all of our clients to teach their dogs. Now, to some, it might seem pointless teaching each individual paw. Um, some people think that maybe it's just a, a cool kind of trick to be able to teach them. Why do I actually need that? Is it actually practical? Now, this leads me into my next question. So, what is the benefit of poor targeting? Now, the big benefit of poor targeting is just how much it can improve your dog's proprioception. Properception is a constant feedback loop within your dog's nervous system, telling the brain what position they're in and what forces are acting upon the body at any given point in time. Properception is really important because actually we need good proprioception in order to have good body awareness. So proprioception, the way to kind of look at it, I think, is that proprioception is subconsciously it's just kind of happening. Whereas body awareness, when we actually say body awareness, it's the dog being completely aware of where they're placing their limbs. So it's a conscious movement to actually place the limb in that position. So you do need to have good proprioception to have good body awareness. So being more aware of each paw helps our dogs to navigate the world in a much safer manner. Now, when we say actually about navigating the world in a safer manner... This is like just simple things like when you're out on a walk, for example, your dogs may um, encounter just little dips in the ground that they're walking on. So thinking about the terrains, are they walking on grass or dirt and things like that? You may be walking up hills. You don't have to be walking up a hill for there to be a dip. Maybe there's a little rabbit hole. all sorts of different things where actually the texture's changing, the, the, the earth is changing underneath them and their body, they need to be aware of where their body is to be able to actually tackle this okay. So this is where we'll see dogs that are maybe, I mean, termed as clumsy, quite often we'll, we'll hear these dogs termed as clumsy when actually it's a lack of body awareness um, to, and, and actually being unable to kind of adapt to that immediate situation that their body's put into. So obviously there's another, like, there's there's many other benefits linked into this, but that is a major point for us. Now, one of the other major points is also how much it can actually help improve a dog's form, which this leads me again into my next point. So application in groundwork. So this is just groundwork. When we, when we say groundwork, when we're talking about groundwork exercises... Um, we mean literally working on the ground with no equipment involved. So paw targeting can be such a useful tool when you're doing groundwork. Now, most dogs working on groundwork are doing so because they need to improve their form. And often that form is improved with correct placement of paws In the beginning, we usually find ourselves manually placing a dog's paws in the correct position. This is what number of clients um, I find like when they first come to me, they're often actually placing their dog's paws into position. However, once we have taught them correct paw targeting, we can actually use those targets to give our dog something to aim for. If they are free stacking, they will often build muscle memory faster than through manual placement. So having those targets in that correct place on the floor allows the dog to look at those targets once they've learnt. Obviously, they've got to learn that target first. They must learn it first. But when they actually see those targets on the floor, it gives them something to aim for with each individual foot. So that actually they know where to place them. And we find that actually the more that dogs will free shape themselves, so to speak, um, they will build the muscle memory much faster and actually remember that position much more efficiently um, than, than if we're just constantly placing them in the position um, we quite often see this, like, for example, with dogs that do ring craft and actually owners never kind of get out of the habit of having to place their dogs in the correct stack. Yet sometimes you'll see dogs in the ring that that can free stack themselves perfectly. And often those dogs are the ones where they've been taught the really good muscle memory of a good stack. We then wanna talk about equipment. So targets then lead into making our lives so much easier as we start using different pieces of equipment when we start moving on from those groundwork exercises. So we learn these exercises on the ground, we get good form on the ground first, then we can take these exercises onto equipment. So targets, certain targets, such as the Pause targets, which are some of my favorites, can be placed onto equipment to show a dog exactly where you want them to place their paws. Again, improving that form we were talking about earlier. So a keynote here is making sure that the targets do not slip on the equipment. Um, that's why I love the FitPause targets because actually they do, they stick onto the equipment, they stay on there well, um, and they're not going to slide off. Whereas certain other targets that I've used in the past, um, or well, I've not necessarily used them, but I've, I've bought them and tried them. They, they do, they will slide off the equipment. Um, and obviously that's not good. We don't want anything being slippy because that's when accidents and injuries may happen. So other targets that I really like as well are the Flexiness Sensi targets. I think those are absolutely great. Um, they're really good to be able to place onto certain pieces of equipment as well. Um, and they also give more of a proprioceptive feedback because they've got a different texture on the top. So they're another really good one. So then, the next question that obviously we get a lot is, how do I actually teach my dog to pour target? So when we're teaching poor targeting, we normally break this down into uh, we break this down into steps, and we'll work on certain areas, um, and kind of solidify certain areas. So, for example, we quite often start with two front paws on an object um, before we start moving on from there. Certain dogs do better to actually learn. Um, so that's, that's a really key point here that we is really important for me is that every dog is individual and they all learn differently. That's really key with all of the things that we do. Um, they learn differently and they all have different physical abilities. So we must be able to adapt to each individual dog. So going on saying that, some dogs actually do better if you teach them single paw targeting first so actually teach them those individual front paws first and before you then try and teach two front paws um that tends to actually be now that would tend to, i would say that slightly more of my um clients would use that method first and they find more success with that first that so starting off with individual paws sorry and then moving on to um two paws uh two front paws together and then with back paws, we tend to find it, it kind of flips a little bit. So actually most dogs do better to target with both back paws first on a slightly larger object before teaching them those individual paw targets. Now, I think what I find the reason for this is that actually most dogs, when they first start coming to us, they don't have much um, back end awareness. Um, And actually, because of that, obviously, it's harder for them to target a smaller object. And normally when we're working with individual targets, we choose a smaller object. So, actually, by using that larger object and asking them for both feet on, this is also really interesting, I find, because then you'll find you you tend to find which um, leg is the dominant leg of the two back legs, because most dogs will have a dominant side. You may find that actually they prefer to give one paw over the other paw at the front, and then also at the back as well. When you're asking them to walk backwards and target an object, um, quite often you'll see that they've actually, if you watch them or if you can't see, video film film from the side and watch um as your dog's walking backwards and see if you can spot which leg they're leading with because that can lead you really nicely actually into teaching those individual paw targets so we do actually go um much further we dive much deeper into paw targeting on our mini course on our app um, so this actually teaches you the basics of poor targeting. Now you don't need any fancy equipment to start teaching the poor target. So don't worry about that. You can literally use like, um, you can use things like a, a coaster, for example, so long as it is not slippy. That's my key thing here. So actually, if you've got a coaster, because I know quite a lot of coasters are like laminated on the top, and then they've got like a cork type bottom. um. Actually use the cork side, because obviously that's not slipping. So long as it's in your your hand and you're gripping onto it. The problem you've then got is then when you place it on the floor. So obviously if that's then gonna slip on the floor, that's not ideal. So it's things like this that we need to be really aware of. However, I know that some people have like rubber coasters. Now that is likely to be much less slippy and a much better option for you to choose out of the two. Also, another interesting one that I've had that I I get quite a lot of people use is licky mats cut up into slightly smaller pieces. Some people use the licky mat as the size that it is, um, but some people will actually cut it so that it's a bit smaller. So it's maybe slightly uh, just slightly larger than their dog's paw. And actually, that can be quite a good one we have found. So the key thing here is that it needs to be a flat non-slip object. So if you're now thinking that you really want to learn a bit more about teaching your dog how to poor target or how to break the steps down further, definitely head over to our app and check out the targeting mini course on the app. I want to say a massive thank you to all our wonderful audience for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Canine Fitness Fanatics podcast. Our mission is to help condition dogs to reduce the risk of injury and increase longevity, whether that's in sporting dogs, working dogs or pet dogs. All dogs can benefit from a little extra fitness. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, share and leave a review to help us reach more people and help dogs around the world. Remember fitness fanatics, form is everything.